This is the podcast by The Straits Times. Are some people profiteering of reselling public sports facilities bookings? And could a historic, eye-watering multi-million dollar transfer take Singapore club football to another level? Hello and welcome to another episode of Hashtag Game of Two Halves, a sports podcast by The Straits Times. My name is Azali Abdulaziz and I'm a sports correspondent on the ST Sports Desk. And on this week's episode, I am joined in the studio by my colleague, sports reporter Deepan Raj Ghanesan. How are you, Deepan? I'm very good, Saz. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we'll start with an interesting story that appeared uh, in the Straits Times on Monday. It's still up on our website and we'll have a link uh, in our text description below. Uh, Deepan, you co-wrote the story about uh, some people seemingly profiteering of uh, reselling public sports facility bookings. Uh, can you tell us more what you found out? Yeah, interesting is a perfect uh, word to use for this story, right? So I think um, this has been an ongoing saga. It's not, it's not something new. It's been going on for several months now, especially uh, excavated by the, the COVID-19 pandemic, where people have found it very difficult to book badminton courts in Singapore, uh, be it those of uh, your active SG courts or even your OCBC arena badminton courts. And uh, people have this complaint that, you know, um, there must be someone, you know, like mass booking these slots because it's been, it's been very hard for public uh, to book these slots. So we, we, we did some investigation on our own and we found out that, you know, they have, there are groups of people who are um, posting on Facebook, on these apps like Meetup and Carousel uh, and, you know, trying to profit from, from selling these slots. Um, you can get a, a slot from ActiveEdge about six fifty at peak hours. Uh, these guys are selling at ten dollars per packs or so, twelve dollars per pack. So, so almost like double. Yes, almost double. Yeah. And and the thing is, I mean, it's you have to say that at the end of the day, this is a public facility that uh, these members of the public are are, are losing out on. Uh, so I thought, you know, let's speak to these people who are trying to to profit. I mean, I went down to the OCBC Arena to to see these guys. I had a word, word with them as well. Yeah, the, the story was particularly uh, of interest to me because, you know, I'm someone who, who plays um, or used to play 11-a-side soccer quite regularly with my Sunday team. We, we had a, a team in uh, weekend leagues and so forth. Uh, and and we generally, when we did try to book the fields uh, by ourselves for a friendly game or, or, or something, we, we tend to find that, you know, uh, the bookings were all snapped up already and, and we realised that, oh, that's because a lot of um, like so-called organizers or, or leagues, they mass book. Um, and unfortunately, it, it became pretty much an accepted uh, practice almost where, where you know, we, we basically each team pays $100 or $120 um, to the organizer for a referee and a field. Um, and, and, you know, only later, much later did we find out that these were, were way above what the rates were for, for the bookings. So, you know, is that something that... that um, you know, it's also the reaction of people you spoke to that, you know, what to do, this is, this is the, you know, this is the only way we are going to get our bookings. So I think that's an interesting argument that you brought up, right? That it's not exclusive to badminton. It happens in other sports as well. Uh, but look, here's the difference that I feel. Uh, when you talk about football, uh, when you have, like, you know, these organisers, mass booking, um, when you pay them a, 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 a fee to, to get the feel, you're not just paying for the field. Uh, you have add-ons like the referee mm. and they also help to find a, an opponent for you. Yeah. Uh, it's not easy to find a, a whole team of 11 people to, to play a game against. Whereas for badminton, what you're actually paying for is the, the space to play as well as a fresh tier of shuttlecocks, which I think it's it's understandable for football, you know, to, to pay for a referee or you pay more for a referee and for them to find opponents for you. For badminton, I don't think it's acceptable that um, you are paying 
maybe even times two the amount to 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 play at a venue where you can easily get it off Active SG for six dollars fifty cent. So I think that's the main difference. I think for individual sports like like badminton or even tennis, uh, which there has been complaints about, uh, it's different from football. Uh, I think it's two very different things that you got to look at. So in, in, as you mentioned, you actually uh, staked out at one of these uh, public sports facilities to observe uh, one of the transactions uh, allegedly taking place. Uh, can you tell us what the experience was like? Yeah, so I I was there for about a couple of days uh, just to look at you know what kind of activity is going on because uh, some of the people that I spoke to did say that uh, they noticed this happening at uh, OCBC Arena uh, uh, where people are exchanging money and you know there's a guy who's there to allocate slots to to the players. So I went over there and I took a look and I and I saw for myself that there was this guy who seemed to be the organizer. Uh, who was allocating slots. So what he would do, he would come and then he would say, uh, okay, uh, for example, uh, Deepen, uh, you're caught number three or Sazali, you're caught number four. And then he will collect payment. Uh, I, I did also hear him saying, like, oh, have you paid me already? Uh, and then the guy will say, oh, I paid by pay now. Mm. You know, so that is clearly a transaction. Yeah, there, there is some kind of, yeah, yeah so involved to, to him, lah, right? Exactly. Yeah. So um, I waited until, you know, he signed them in. So uh, this guy, uh, Andrew, I mean, that's what they refer to him as. He brought these guys in to the OCBC arena. He signed them in, uh, and then he came out. He didn't join them to play. Mm. So obviously, you know, I had to have a conversation yeah. with him, right, just to find out, you know, what's going on. Yeah. And I spoke to him, and he got very defensive and very jittery. Yeah. Uh, basically, trying to defend his position and say that, you know, uh, I'm just organizing. Uh, I'm not. I'm not profiteering in any way. Uh, but it, but then he also contra- contradicted himself by saying. But the end of the day, organizer get, needs to get paid, right? So yeah. to me, I Which found I I saw that quote and and to me, I was like, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make you, sense. You're saying all. you don't profit, but then you say you have to, you know, make money, which yeah. is you know, yeah. And I think the perfect way to describe this and why it's wrong is, or why it seems to be wrong is when I spoke to one of the the people who reported it in, right? And this French guy, he told me this. He said, I've been there, you know, for the last couple of weeks trying to get a game, and I see the same group and the same guy organizing every time. You can call it lucky if you have one one person booking one day and you know getting five or six courts a day, but it's impossible that the same guy gets the court you know for seven days of the week where you know there is a loophole that they're exploiting and there needs to be something done about this. Yeah. So are, are there steps being taken by authorities to to curb or, or maybe eliminate such practices? So I think one of the ways that these guys actually book is probably through bots, right? So I think uh, ActiveEdge have come out to say that. They are looking into this matter. Um, they are trying to take steps to, you know, rectify this problem. Uh, but I think it will take some time, you know, for them to consolidate. You know, what kind of measures can be taken? I don't think it's a quick fix. Uh, some of the people that I spoke to said, "Oh, why not implement a, a some a terms of quota? Or you can only book uh, one hour per per week or two hours per week." But then again, I think even that can be exploited, right? I think you can just get different people to book, and then each of them has a one hour quota. So. I think it's a recurring thing that's been going on for some years now. I think they need to find a solution for it. But it's good that you know, um, Sports Hub and Active Edge are saying and replied to us that they'll be taking these matters seriously and trying to do something about it. Now, if you like what you're hearing so far, subscribe to hashtag Game of Two Halves on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Like us and give us a rating. On to the second half of the show. Uh, local football fans will be able to witness the most expensive player in Singapore Premier League and S League history this season. Uh, this was after Lion City Sailors announced the signing of Brazilian player Diego Lopez from top-tier Portuguese club Rio Ave in a deal ST reported to be worth 1.8 million euros or 2.9 million Sing dollars. 
uh, the fee did not just break the SPL's transfer record. It absolutely obliterated it. The previous highest fee was only $50,000. For listeners who may not be so familiar, clubs in Singapore and the region typically sign players uh, at the end of their contract. So a fee is often not involved. Uh, Deepan, you also worked on the story uh, of Lopez's signing. Uh, what is your you know, immediate reaction to it? Is it fantastic uh, for sailors and for the league or, or do you have some misgivings? Uh, generally, I, I think it's a fantastic move from, from Lion City sailors. And overall, you know, from the grand scheme of things, uh, for the league itself, because we've never seen anything like this before. Um, you know, in the lead up to the signing, I think I did uh, listen to to Lions T sailors. You know, probably getting to sign some other big names. I think Daniel Sturridge, uh, Shinji Kagawa, uh, Graziano Pella were some of the names mentioned. But I always felt like you know these are very short term signings that might give you a lift because of the sheer names of, of these guys. But it's not really going to help you in terms of achieving anything. So Diego Lopez, you look at his profile, he's a 26-year-old Brazilian who's been playing at the top tier of Portuguese football. Fantastic signing. I think he can immediately come in and give the whole squad a lift in terms of quality. These are the kind of signings we should be making. I think the foreigners that will really come in and make the difference, that's been missing in the SPL over the last few years. And Diego Lopez really ticks all those boxes. Um, even in the AFC Cup, I'm so excited to see, you know, does he give the Lions City Sailors an edge over the regional teams? My two cents on, on this topic is, you know, again, same thing. My immediate reaction is fantastic. We have a, a player at the peak of his powers and he will obviously, you know, be, be um, a big boost to the Sailors and, and to, the, the, to the league. However, I do have my misgivings because it reminds me a bit of uh, Martin Wagner who signed for Tampines Rovers in 2013. Um, under the marquee player scheme. Uh, similar circumstances, Tempanese, um had been looking at players from Underleg and, and you know, former Premier, uh, former La Liga player actually, uh, and also a former Premier League player in, in Giovanni who used to play for Manchester City. But they decided to go for Martin Wagner because he was 28, he would be in his peak of his powers. Um, unfortunately, Wagner simply did not have the star power to to attract uh, players. Obviously, he didn't have the price tag that is on Diego Lopez as well. So maybe that could be a, a factor. Maybe play, uh, fans will still want to come to the stadiums to see, uh, you know, a seven-digit player in the SPL for the first time. Um, but I do, I do, you know, in 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 a perfect world, I I think it would have been great if Sailors could have gotten a marquee name and also Diego Lopez, and then you know, sort of. Um, you know, reap the rewards from those signings. So is he the player you're most looking forward to this season in the, the SPL that, that's likely to kick off, uh, you know, we here in February, Diego Lopez? Uh, for sure, you know, in preparation, I've already been watching YouTube highlights of Diego Lopez. But, I mean, not just him, right? I think um, Lion City Sellers have also brought in George Philippe, uh, also a Brazilian defender. Um, and, you know, other clubs as like Haugang, you know, they've strengthened very well as well. Um, they've brought in the likes of Tomiyuki Doi and Kaishu Yamazaki. Uh, fantastic players who are probably going to be playing in a different position this season for Haugang United from the looks of things. And even your local players, I mean, I'm really excited to see how Kairul Amri does at Tanjung Paga because we're so used to seeing him in the yellow. Uh, very interesting to see how he fits in with Tanjung Paga, even Ridwan Mohamed coming back into the league. So many different narratives to look at when it comes into the SPL the coming season. Uh, you, you've watched the videos of Diego Lopez at Rio Avila. There's no has there been a welcome to Lion City Sailors Rio <laughs> Diego Lopez video yet? Not quite yet, but I'm waiting for some super fans to put it up soon. Yeah, so you mentioned, you know, other teams like Haugang and uh, Tanyo Paga that have, you know, made statements in their transfer activity. How do you think this season will shape up? 
I I personally think that it could be a, a really really exciting title race. Uh, Tampines and Albirex, you know, their pedigree, their, their they've kept uh, you know their, their squad. Uh, Tampines at least, uh, they are, are are likely to be in the mix. Uh, Sailors are obviously you know with a with a three million dollar player, they're not gonna you know be content. Uh, Vying for third place or fourth place, and like you said, no Tanjung Paga have uh, some quality foreigners and some uh, guile as well in in Ridwan and Amri. So that's at least four teams that on paper have the quality to contest for the title. So is is the title race you know one you 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 are really really looking forward to? For sure. Uh, just just a very good uh, very quick point. Uh, we talk about Lion City Sailors, right? And how you know this squad is so good. You know they're going to you know walk their way to the title. But let's not forget. Uh, the under twenty rule is a massive equalizer when it comes to the Singapore Premier League. Uh, I think it's going to be an even battle. Uh, let's not forget as well, Ballester Council. I think they'll be also amongst there because I think yeah. they have retained all four foreigners, yeah. which gives them a sense of continuity going into the next season. And they have a good batch of un- yes, un- and the youth players as yes, well. Yes, fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's going to be a really good season. Don't forget as well that Geylang are also strengthening the squad. I think Isdin Shafiq is a massive, massive boost to them in terms of the experience that he brings. Uh, from what I hear, I think their foreign signings are going to be really great as well. So really, a fantastic 2021 Singapore Premier League season to look forward to. I think there's going to be, like you said, three or four contenders right there. I think the under 23 rule is a great equaliser, like I mentioned. So I can't wait for the season to get started. And there goes the final whistle for our sports discussion of the week. We hope you enjoyed listening to myself and Deepan Raj Ganesan. Deepan, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much, Sas. Don't forget, you can listen to our hashtag Game of Two Halves podcast on demand on audio apps. Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.